Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Travel Times. Today's episode, we're going to look at Disney World Park, and I think it's going to be a great time because one of the funnest guys on Twitter is going to be here talking to me about it. But before we get into that, I do want to just remind people, if you are unfamiliar with this particular sub-series of my podcast, what we do is we try and get somebody who is an insider, someone who's done something a whole bunch of times to talk about something different. Uh, our last uh, episode featured someone from Project Aware, which uh, is a week-long event where people go and float down one of Iowa's rivers and clean up the tra- trash as they go. We've had Civil War reenactors. We've talked about giving living history meals. We've had uh, the great right bike ride across Iowa, and today we are going to be talking about Disney. So if you'd like to call in, if you have a question or a comment, you can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's one 877 339389 and you can also use those numbers if you don't want to ask a question but you just want to listen in sometime when we're doing a live show so uh and if you have um something you don't want to get on the air but you have a question you can also do that in the chat room which is now open and i think with no further ado from that we are going to go ahead and welcome Richard Sims to our show welcome Richard well, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here. You know I love to talk, and I love to talk about Disney. So this is kind of the best possible way for me to spend this Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And he's been very inspirational to me because some of you might have played along when we were doing uh, last July the Where in Laura World is That. That was totally Richard's idea that he does for Disney, and I just ripped it off, and it worked real well. So uh, he is to blame for that. I'm to blame for a lot of things. By the way, I just want to throw something out there before we start. Um, you had okay. mentioned, and I it was really interesting, you had mentioned about sort of like going down the river and, and helping clean the, um, uh, the, 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 the riverbank or the water mm-hmm. or whatever. I just found out about something really cool today that I had never heard of. Um, in the new issue of Porthole Magazine, which sounds dirty but is actually all about cruise ships because <laughs> cruising is my new obsession, they actually there's there's a there's an organization um, called Hope Floats, and they basically organize. Let's say you're going on a cruise to the Bahamas or Bermuda or Antigua or someplace like that, they actually arrange for you to 
while you're in one of those ports, like let's say you're in Antigua, they arrange for you to spend four or five hours doing work in that community, like like helping with wow. the recycling center or teaching children. or It's just this a really amazing, amazing program. I had never heard of it before. I'm yeah. actually really excited because I want to get involved with it. But if anybody wants more information about it, um, I'm sure you could probably Google it, but if you Google Hope Floats, a lot of things are going to come up. But they, there's a really interesting article in the new issue of Porthole Magazine that, again, is not what it sounds like, and it uh, it apparently is on stands right now. So I just want to throw that out there because it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it sounds like. I had never heard of that either. Okay, but we are going to talk about Disney now, so... Oh, yes, we are. So do you get to go to Disney World in a year a lot more than I have been in my lifetime. So do you ever get <laughs> bored with Disney? I never get bored of Disney. Um, in fact, I when I was there in January with my parents, uh, my sister and I took our parents to Disney for their 50th anniversary um, because they really love it as much as we do. And I was saying to my dad that the one thing I've never done at Disney, and I always try and find things, that, <clears throat> even even though I've been there a million times, I try and find things that I haven't done on each trip. Like this last trip, I was shocked to realize I had never done the Hall of Presidents, uh, you know, oh, one of no. the most famous attractions in the history of Disney, and I had never done it. And so it's so cool. We went, I love that. Oh, it's amazing. It really, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, I'm, I'm into politics, but I'm not really... Uh, I wept. <laughs> I sat in that theater and wept. I thought it was so inspirational. Oh, but it one really of the things is. I told, oh, just amazing. But one of the things I told my dad that I really have always wanted to do, and I'm going to try and do it maybe this year, is go um, maybe stay in one of my favorite resorts, uh, but not go to any parks. Just go and relax and you know go shopping at the various um at the various places you can shop go to the hotels have nice dinners but not feel the need to go to a park i've never done that and there's so much to do outside of the parks that i just think it would be a really fun you know like four day week to do four day weekend kind of thing to do that's funny that you you say you try and do that because um, we usually go to the Iowa State Fair just about every single year, and we always do that. We try and find one thing that we haven't done yet, and it really does. If you go back to the same event, it's it's nice to hit the old favorites, but it's always good to try and find one thing that makes the trip unique and that's something new to try, and I I think that's really good advice. I completely agree. I mean, I, I try and do it on every single trip, and... Uh, this time I actually did, you know, there were a few things that I'd never done before. We went to, you know, we went to a restaurant that I'd never been to before. We went to a couple of attractions I'd never been to before. I even, at the beginning of the trip, um, the very first night, because I got there a day before everyone else, the first night I even stayed at a resort on property that I'd never stayed in before. Um, I had, you know, Disney breaks down their resorts by categories. They have value, moderate, deluxe. Um, and I had never stayed in a value resort. I've always kind of, to be honest, I've always poo-pooed them. And I was flying in the night before and figured, you know what, I just need a cheap place to stay. I'm going to stay at one of the value resorts. So I ended up staying at the uh, Pop Century, which mm-hmm. was, you know, it was like $60 for the night, and it was incredible. I absolutely loved it. I went out to the pool bar, met a whole group of fun people, and the, the resort itself is, you know, so much more than you expect for 
or at least that I had ever expected for, from a value resort. It was so there was you know just a lot of different things I did on this trip that I'd never done before. So, do you find that the park changes a lot between your visits, or is it still a so so like if it, if we go to a park now and you'd gone five years ago, will it feel like you're in the same place, or will it feel like a lot of things have changed? Well, it sort of depends. I mean, for example, the Magic Kingdom. This was my first time going since they opened the new. The, they have a whole new Fantasyland area that is, you know, really impressive. It, mm-hmm. it it adds quite a bit of space. It has a fantastic new restaurant called Be Our Guest, which is basically you are dining in the uh, you're you're dining in the movie Beauty and the Beast. It's a fantastic oh wow! Restaurant. Oh my God! It's so the food is fantastic and the setting is just is just stunning. Um, did you, it also did you see the house? Did you see the House Hunters episode they did on that? They had Beauty and the Beast visiting the three new castles to pick out which I one did. they wanted. I did. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. But it has that. It has the new Little Mermaid ride. It has um, this fantastic story thing called Storybook with Time with Belle, where Belle comes in and, and they pick children to play various characters in Beauty and the Beast and interact oh. with Belle during which my dad got to play the Beast, and oh, I have wow. the coolest pictures of him dancing with Belle and all this. So so that was a really big change. Now, normally, I don't think that you see that. You know, I think it's there's not that much added, typically, that it's going to feel like the park has completely changed. You know, like Epcot is Epcot. It's It's... It doesn't change that often. Every now and then they add a new attraction, like, you know, Test Track. They just completely redid Test Track. A few years before that, they added Mission Space. Um, certainly they have Soaring over there, which is one of their new attractions. So they'll, they'll, every year or two, there will be something new in one of the four parks. But overall, no. It's it's really not like going to a whole new, you know, um, it's not like you're going to a whole new park if you haven't gone in three or four years. So, uh What's your best Disney World story? Oh, geez. Um, well, my worst is that on this last trip, some horrible person, you know, was was littering, and I leaned over to pick up their litter, and I dropped my phone, and my <gasps> iPhone broke. So that was my worst. Um, oh no! Or at least one of my worst. You know what? You know what? Here's my best story. Um, Disney is really, really well known for their outstanding customer service. They really, you know. They really try their best to make sure everyone has the best experience possible. A couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, I was traveling with my housemate Gary and his extended family. And I don't remember exactly what the purpose of our trip was. Um, It may have just been, you know, he wanted to take them all on vacation. Uh, He's really good that way. And when we arrived, there was a problem. I think it was that like three of our hotel rooms were together, and one of them was in a completely different building, in you know, in the same resort but in a different building. And I called guest services, and we had also had some problems checking in. It was just it didn't put the trip off to a good start. It was it was very unusual, and so I I called guest services to get this all straightened out. And I said, you know, honestly, I I have to say this is putting a bad start on the beginning of the trip and all this. Well, three days later, during the trip, we had scheduled to go 
um, we were we were doing a fireworks cruise. We had rented, you know, a Disney boat, and they they take you out into the middle of the Seven Seas Lagoon, and you anchor there, and you watch the fireworks above the castle from out on the water, and they pipe in the music, and you know, you, we had um, cake and food and champagne and all this. It was a a very special night. And after the fireworks, we. Uh, the, the boat takes us back to the resort, to the dock, and we get off the dock, and I and I talked to Rose, the captain of the boat, and I said, okay, who do I need to pay? And she's like, oh, no, this is all taken care of. And I thought that was odd, but then I thought, well, maybe Gary took care of it. The next day, we had planned a photo shoot. Um, I had hired a Disney photographer to go to um, over to the Polynesian Hotel, and on that beach, we were doing a photo shoot with my family. And I get to the end of it, and I said, okay, who do I, you know, make arrangements to pay for it through? And they're like, oh, no, this is all taken care of. And I couldn't really figure out what was going on. And I eventually uh, called guest services, and they said, no, you know what? You are a very, very valued customer to us. You come here all the time. We really feel terribly that we screwed up this, you know, this, uh, the, the beginning of your trip. So they basically paid for they paid for the cruise. They paid for the food on the cruise. They paid for the photo shoot. I mean, they paid for over a thousand dollars worth wow. of stuff that my that my family was doing that week, and that just blew me away. You know, it, it just I I had always known that they go above and beyond to try and make everybody have a great experience, but that kind of treatment was just stunning to me. You know, I I. Was was just blown away. So yeah, that that really is a great example of uh, customer service above and beyond. Um, you know, you talk about going to Disney World specifically a, a lot. Have you been mm-hmm. to any of the other Disney sites? The only other place I've been is Disneyland. Um, I've been to Disneyland a couple times over the years um, when I was a kid, and then later as I when I was older because. Um, as most people who know me know, I, I, um, I'm the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. So several times when the Emmys have been out in L.A., I've gone out, and because I'm in L.A., I'll go to Disney. Um, another, and, and I'll say, another one of the best experiences I ever had actually happened at Disneyland, and that was when, when Disneyland opened California Adventure, which is um, its second park, and it's all – devoted to, you know, the um, highlights of California life, that kind of thing. When they opened that park, one of the things they had was a restaurant that was called the Soap Opera Bistro. And it was, you could go in and you could, and you would dine on different soap opera sets. They had the nurses hub from General Hospital. They had the, um, they had the docks from General Hospital. They had the Landview Country Club and you picked where you wanted to eat. It didn't stay open long. It only it only lasted about a year. Oh, but too bad. because of this, because they had the um because they had the soap opera themed restaurant, they contacted me at the magazine and they offered to fly me and our art director Todd, who is one of my best friends and who is a huge Disney fan. He's more of a Disney nut than I am. He's probably listening right now. Hi Todd. Um <laughs> they flew the two of us out there. They put us up in the hotels and we we got to go to California Adventure for a press only event 
everything in the park was open, everything in the park was free, and it was only the media and some ABC stars. So, you know, you could go to any restaurant you wanted and eat what you wanted, and it was free. You could go on rides. There were no lines. They put us in, 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 in um, the, the gorgeous hotels. They flew us out there. The entire thing was free. It was awesome. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Plus, Todd and I had always wanted to... Um, go to Disney at the same time. So it was just kind of cool that we were able to do this and on Disney's dime. <laughs> well, yes, that that is a, an amazing experience, it sounds like. It, but, it really was. It was stunning. It just just so cool. So if you're just a normal person going, how mm-hmm. long do you think uh, you should plan a trip before you go? Well, for me, part of the fun is planning. You know, I I right now, uh, um, it's not Disney, but a year from today, um, a a year from right now, I am going on, literally a year from today, I am going on my first cruise. And I I am going to spend every day for the next year, at least part of every day, planning it. Um, The same thing is true when I go to Disney. I generally, unless it happens to be a last minute trip for some for some reason, for me, planning is a huge part of the fun. I plan not only my own trips, I plan a lot of my friends' trips, I plan trips that I'm not going on. Um, people call me all the time and say, can you help me? You know, here's what we want. In fact, Gary's sister just called me a while back and said uh, that she and her best friend are taking their daughters for four days and they asked if I would help them plan it. And I planned the whole thing for them, made their dinner reservations. I think, you know, if you know you're going to go on a trip, I start planning it the minute I get the idea in my head. And the the more time you have to plan the trip, you, the more benefit you get out of it, both because it's fun to plan, but also because you can really sort of, you know, Disney is daunting. Disney is a really, really daunting place. Disney World, Walt Disney World has four theme parks. They have, uh, you know, the Magic Kingdom, Fantasyland, uh, no, the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and uh, Hollywood Studios. You could go for a week, which I do all the time, and you will not be able to see everything. It's impossible. So the more time you have to plan, the better you can kind of figure out, especially if it's your first or second or third time and, you know, you're still kind of new, you really have more time to figure out what's important to you and plan the vacation that you want to go on. You can go on, there's great message boards um, like the Disboard, D-I-S, it's disboards.com. They have thousands of members and you can post your questions there like if you want to figure out, you know, should we stay at this hotel or that hotel? You post a question and people will give you the pros and cons to each. So the more time that you have to plan the trip, the better you can make the trip for yourself and for your family because you can kind of get them all involved and find out what they want to get out of the trip too. And I think with Disney, unlike almost any other vacation, it really is important to know what you want out of that trip. You know, when you go to Hawaii, really basically what you want out of Hawaii is you're going to sit on the beach or, you know, this or whatever. When you go to Disney, you need to know, what exactly your expectations are. For example, if you're traveling and you're taking your kid for the first time, and let's say your kid is like four years old, the mistake a lot of people make when they go with children is they try and plan too much. And I always tell people, when you go to Disney with a kid, it has to be about what the kid wants to do. So if you walk in Epcot and 
they want to play in the fountain for two hours, let them play in the fountain for two hours because they're having a blast and that's what it's about. And if you get caught up in, well, we don't have time to play in the fountain because we have to go do this, 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 and this, you're going to you're gonna have a bad trip because your kid is going to be upset because they're not getting to do what they want to do and you're forgetting that it is all about the child. Same with if you're traveling with old people. You know, um, old people, when you're traveling with multiple generations, you really kind of have to plan for that. And the key, to, the key to a successful trip with multiple generations is to not try and stay together the entire day. You know, like grandma and grandpa might want to sit on a bench and just people watch, which is one of my favorite things to do. Put me on any bench in the animal kingdom, and I will sit there and I will look at the animals and the trees and the people. Um, if you if you try too hard to make the entire family do absolutely everything together, it becomes very stressful. It's like herding butterflies. And the key to a successful Disney trip is really taking all as much stress as is humanly possible out of it. You're there to have a good time. Relax and have a good time. And that's your good time may not be the same as, you know, your 20-year-old cousin's good time. And so you have to be flexible enough to factor that in. So you sometimes go not just for the regular Disney experience, but for special events. And I'm not sure everybody's aware Disney has special events. So why don't you give us some of the ones you've gone to? Disney has amazing special events. One of my all-time favorites, which um, has actually, they've actually started running it for a longer period. It used to just be for a couple of weeks, but they've really expanded it. One of my all-time favorite events is the Food and Wine Festival. Um, Epcot already is known for having, you know, so many different restaurants and and of course, a lot of people, what they like to do is go what they call drinking around the world, um, and they'll go to each of the various pavilions that represent different countries, and they'll they'll have a drink in each of those countries. And let me tell you, you will not make it all the way around. <laughs> you will not. Um, but but in the fall, when they host the Food and Wine Festival, on top of all of the regular restaurants, various countries set up booths, and they have and and you go and you just go from booth to booth to booth, sampling the different foods and the different beverages from each country, and it's a fantastic event. They also, during that time, usually toward the tail end of it, uh, I think this year it's, I think it's in November this year, uh, to coincide with the food and wine, they have um, a marathon. And when Disney does a marathon, one of the things they do that's really cool, and they have three or four of them over the course of the year, at least, probably more, one of the things they do that's really cool is it's not just a marathon. Like, I can't run a half marathon. I'm just, I'm not capable of it. But I can run a 5K. And they have a, they have a 5K. They have a kids race. They have the actual half marathon. And then, and then it all ends. After the marathon, that night is a special party in Epcot that's only open to people who are running in the race and, and their friends and family. And it goes until like 4 o'clock in the morning, and all of the food and wine booths are open. It's just an incredible event. Another really good special event that they do, especially for people who, um, like me, enjoy wandering around and seeing pretty things and, you know, uh, looking at flowers and trees and stuff like that, Epcot hosts a, um, a flower festival every year. And they just do an amazing job of there are, um, thousands and thousands and thousands of different flowers. There'll be 
special gardens. They have a butterfly garden they set up. There'll be shrubs carved into various um, tableaus of Disney characters. It's it's fantastic, and they they have they have various events that go along with that. Like if you happen to, if your mom happens to enjoy gardening, if you're there during the, the during the uh, the flower and garden festival, there are um, special programs she can attend where she can learn about certain kinds of flowers, or she can you know you can learn about edible flowers or whatever. There's just there's just all kinds of fun stuff that goes on during that. There's, and then there's also just always special stuff going on. Like right now, for example, this year they're doing something called Limited Time Magic. Every week there is something going on in one of the four parks, and it's only going on for that week. So, you know, for example, Valentine's Day, they had um, special romantic things going on that only happens that week. Uh, and and you can go on the various um, Disney Parks blogs and find out what each week's magic is. Of course, it's kind of hard to plan an event because they don't announce it until the Friday before, so it's not like, it's not like you can find out now what they're doing in November. But it's just kind of another cool little thing that, you know, when you're there, you can find out what the special event is. Uh, so one of the one of the best resources for information about stuff like that is the Disney Parks blog, which I think that's I think it's at DisneyParksBlog.com. Um, but they, you know, they also another amazing resource for anyone planning a Disney trip. It's probably the site that I use the most often is a site called All Ears. I think it's allears.net. It's not .com. I think it's .net. And it's run by a woman named Deb Willis and her crew, and they know everything about Disney. And they have great sections about how to plan your trip if you want to know about a specific resort, you can you can go and you can see pictures. They they have pictures of the hotel rooms. They tell you what restaurants are at that resort. They have a special section um, that tells you what rides are going to be closed during certain seasons. They have a section that tells you um, a planning section that tells you what events. Like if you want to go to the food and wine or you want to go to the marathon, they tell you exactly when it is. They tell you if there are special deals. It's really, I I don't know how anyone in the world ever planned a trip to Disney before AllEars.net came along huh. because they really make it incredibly easy. Well, it's, it sure sounds like it. So uh, one other question I want to make sure I got in here. Now, you mentioned staying at a uh, Disney, um, one of the Disney resorts on the property. Now, a lot of people who go stay off-site like in Kissimmee or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think there is a real advantage in staying on the park in one of the resorts? Oh, yeah, tons, tons. Um, for one thing, you can get, depend, no matter what your budget is, you can get a place on property that's going to be basically as cheap as any place else you find. But more importantly, staying on property has several advantages, um, one is that every day, one of the four parks has what they call extra magic hours, which means the park opens, either stays open later or opens earlier, only for resort guests. So there have been times when I've gone during the low season, and we'll go to say we'll go to the Magic Kingdom on the morning that they have uh, extra magic hours, and 
in three hours, we can get tons of stuff done before other people are even allowed into the park. That's a really great advantage. Another great thing is if, you know, if you're traveling with old people or children, Disney is exhausting. I mean, like Epcot is a huge park. It's absolutely huge. All of the parks are big. All of the parks are exhausting. And so one of the great advantages to staying on property is, you know, you get up in the morning, you go, you go to a park for a couple hours, and then you say, you know what, let's go back to the hotel, go either grab lunch or lay by the pool, and then we'll go back to a park again later. Yes, you can do that if you're staying off property, but it's not as easy. You know, it's when I stay at the Wilderness Lodge, which is my, my favorite of the resorts, um, I am I can catch a I can catch a boat directly to the Magic Kingdom that takes me, you know, from the Magic Kingdom to my resort and back. And so if I'm there for a couple of hours, I can say, Okay, you know what, I want to go to another park later, but first I want to take a nap. Get on a boat, go back to the room, take a nap, and voila, I'm refreshed and then I can go get on a bus and go to Epcot for the evening. It really just you know, you you get so much more kind of bang for your buck, even if you end up paying more, you're getting better bang for your buck because you're getting more out of your vacation. You can stay in the parks later. You don't have to drive back and forth. You know, it just, there's also the, the, I don't think you can underestimate the value of never leaving Disney property in that all of the resorts, whether it's a value resort or a deluxe resort, they're all beautifully themed. And so you're not leaving the magic of Disney and going to a hotel. You're leaving the magic of Disney and going to a magic resort. You know, like the, the resort, the, the value resort that I stayed at, the one that cost, you know, $60 a night, had this, had huge um, statues, just, just gigantic statues of, like, the characters from Lady and the Tramp. They have special events. They show movies by the pool. Um, you know, they there's just... There's, you're you never feel like you're leaving. Get well, you're not leaving Disney, so you never feel like it. Whereas if you've got to leave, you know, you have to fight traffic, you have to go to wherever, you have to, and then and then you're basically staying in a plain old hotel. There's just to me, there's there's just no, uh, it's just it's just there's no comparison. There's absolutely no comparison. I would never stay off property if I could possibly avoid it. Well, that is a very ringing endorsement. And we are pretty much out of our half hour already. Wow. So, <laughs> well, you, it's a fun time when we're talking. It just is. <laughs> uh, but um, before we uh, sign off, I thought you might want to tell them about your Disney Twitter handle. Well, yeah. Let me let me, let me just tell you. I've got um, I've got a bunch of Twitter handles, but my specific Disney Twitter handle. If you ever have questions or need help planning a trip. Don't hesitate to hit me up. I'm at Mellow Mickey, M-E-L-L-O-W-M-I-C-K-E-Y. And I'm always glad to answer questions or help people plan their trips uh, at any time. Well, and you are definitely getting an expert. So did you want to say anything else that is just some um, to kind of that you didn't get to that was rounding up the Disney experience? Not really. You know, for anybody who, you know, doesn't know me, uh, I'm the executive editor of Soaps and Depth magazine, so I also kind of know about soaps. And uh, I wrote a book called Crimes Against Civility that's kind of a fun look at how 
it's it's a fun look at how rude we all are as as a as a society. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm glad to answer questions on soaps or on Disney or well, pretty much anything else you got. Hit me up anytime. <laughs> I'm glad to take it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Richard. I really enjoyed having you on, and I appreciate you coming on Travel Times. Thanks, Sarah. I had a great time. Good. And I will see the rest of you next time, and I hope that you'll join us again for the next Travel Times.